Good morning from Skift. It's Wednesday, January 13th in New York City. For daily updates in your inbox, subscribe to the Skift Daily Newsletter at skift.com daily. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from TD Ameritrade. TD Ameritrade's learning experience is curated from their vast library of exclusive content and customizes to fit your investing goals and interests. Get started at tdameritrade.com education. And now, here's what you need to know about the business of travel today. Any given inauguration year, hundreds of thousands of residents and tourists descend on Washington, D.C., bearing frigid temperatures to watch a new president being sworn in on the steps of the U.S. Capitol, but also a boon to tourism at the city's sites. Global tourism reporter Lebowit Lily Gurma writes that this year's inauguration was expected to be different, with a virtual parade and no inaugural balls and no public crowd on the National Mall due to COVID. The Presidential Inauguration Committee had already urged citizens to refrain from traveling to Washington. Following last week's domestic terror attack on the U.S. Capitol, however, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is now urging Americans to avoid visiting the nation's capital altogether for the inaugural event. This all comes on the heels of a devastating year for D.C. tourism that has battered its hotel and restaurant industry. With heightened security stretching for longer than usual for an inaugural event, now running from January 12th through January 24th, it's likely next week won't be the bonanza it was expected to be for Washington, D.C.'s tourism economy. Next, airlines reporter Edward Russell had the chance this week to tour a jet that is having a star moment in this pandemic. If there is an aviation wonder kind to come out of the coronavirus pandemic, it just might be the Airbus A220, he writes. The small, narrow-body jet has proven popular among airlines even as thousands of aircraft were parked amid the historic drop in air travel during the crisis. The A220 size, seating between 100 and 150 passengers, and low costs have proven a sought-after elixir to industry executives looking for the lowest-cost way to keep flying when every penny matters. By December, all but 17 of the 137 A220s in service around the globe, or 12% of the fleet, were back in service. For comparison, more than 18% of all 737s, not including the MAX, and a quarter of all A320s remain stored. Delta Airlines kept all of its A220s flying, even as it parked some of every other aircraft in its fleet. Air Canada took nearly its full allotment of the jets this year, and JetBlue Airways has held steady on taking its first A220 that arrived on New Year's Eve, even as coronavirus losses mounted. Finally, Las Vegas Sands founder Sheldon Adelson, leader of the world's largest gaming company and benefactor of many Republican political campaigns, died Monday night from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma complications. He was 87. The look, feel, and economics of global cities that are gaming resorts today were shaped through the decades by Adelson's lead, mostly by creating a nexus between business gatherings and hotels. While the casino mogul's net worth was estimated to be $35 billion, he started out far away from the glitz surrounding his resorts, like Singapore's Marina Bay Sands or the Venetian in Las Vegas, as a scrappy kid from Boston's working-class Dorchester neighborhood. Adelson changed the name in Las Vegas, where his casino resorts included a convention center, practically an industry standard today, writes hospitality reporter Cameron Sperance in his tribute to Adelson's legacy. 
For more travel stories, head to skift.com. To find these stories and more insight into the business of travel, subscribe to the Skift Daily Newsletter at skift.com slash daily. Thank you.